Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show. She also has a special out on HBO Max. I spent the day watching it. Uh, she's the host of Truth Serum, the podcast, and Fighting Words, available now on HBO Max. Let me welcome the one and only Ida Rodriguez. Yeah. I- Ida Rodriguez. What the hell? She always did. I'm on a delay. All right, hold on, hold on. Talk, talk, talk while I fix this. Congratulations, love. Thank you. Congratulations to you. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We said we're two women of color should have specials coming out back to back. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Watching these. Let me. So I'm I'm happy for you. I was so happy um, to have both of you on today because I've yeah. never in my lifetime had two black women comedians with comedy specials on at the same time. Oh uh, wow! You got. I mean, think about that. Peacock gives you love joy. Yesterday, oh no, today, today. and yesterday HBO Max. So I'm catching up. I'm catching up. HBO Max gave us this and what was you know amazing about your special because um first of all thank you for inviting me but i wasn't ready to be among people so okay. uh both of you i'm like mm, you know bishop Tower was like it. you coming to i was like i'm gonna be in new york with sister i was like mm, i can't be around people's in the bronx um not nah. you said it's in the welfare <laughs> office yeah i'm not trying to yep yeah, <laughs> be funny. there with people uh but both of you look beautiful you looked amazing uh, b- but I was really leaning in because the the rhythm of that that thing, um, it wasn't like a comedy special. I really felt like, mm-hmm. and you had that documentary feel in the beginning. At the end, you gave mm-hmm. us a peek into you know mm-hmm. the sandy beaches of you know going back home, you know. And I was like, this was just such a package. Uh, talk about that process of you making it into a mini documentary in the midst of a comedy special, Ida. You know what? Um, I uh, and I, I was I was afraid of doing it because comedians are so critical, and mm. every they, those comedians who are purists are always like you know they're interweaving stuff, and I, I've been that way. There's a there's a lack of representation when it comes to people of color, black people on television. And even though people are, are, cause Joelle and I get to hear it all the time from white male comedians, like you gotta be a person of color to get something now. And then you turn mm. on the television or you look at the trades and it's all white people. And you look right. at the showrunners and they, oh, Issa Rae got a show, but it's a hundred of white people for every Issa Rae. Mm. And when it comes to people of darker hues that are also from the diaspora, you don't get, you know, you see the complaining about it. And I was like, I'm going to take these cameras. I'm going to take this black woman, Nadia Hagren, who directed Michelle Obama's Becoming. We went to the Puerto Rican and the Dominican Republic. And we were like, let's let's put the camera on the people that you never get to see. Mm -hmm. And let's show how black Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic can be. And let's really, we did palos, we did... Um, Bomba Plena, which is a, the African, you know, dances, ritualistic dances that honor the, the motherland. And I, I wanted to show that. So I said, I'm a, I'm a sacrifice a piece of this stand up and I'm going to use this part because it's not that hard to, to, to include people. You just got to want to do it. And I was like, I want to do it and I'm going to. Uh, yes. yeah, that That's was the tough. first, you know, when the cameras come in, you see, you know, I think you start in Puerto Rico and you, I know I said, Ida did that on purpose, dark skin, brown skin, 
uh, coarse hair. I was like, you know, beautiful, you know, hair. Uh, I was like, okay, uh, because if you tell turn on Telemundo or Univision, you only see a white white people uh, who mm-hmm. speak Spanish, and uh, that is the diaspora definitely is not that. The majority of people who are in these countries look like you. Look like Joyelle and Lamont, more like Lamont than anybody. 866 They look right. like you too, Karen. <laughs> I'm, no, a don't, dark, don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm a dark-skinned person. Uh, I don't know how this complexion betrayed me, but you know I have dark-skinned energy, and you know you know what that means. Uh, but yes, yes, I will fight you. But apparently, I didn't know. I thought, I, I thought you were a fighter, Ida Rodriguez, but you know, I'm learning more about you through your comedy. Um, that you, you actually weren't a fighter. You were, you know, I knew that you were in your books, uh, but, you know, and I didn't know that you couldn't do the dozens that well. Like, I'm learning all of these things about you. And it was yeah. it was fascinating, you know, because I... You know, to be honest, because we got to be honest, right? When I was a kid, I've always been very empath- empathetic, you know, empathic. And I, um, I was shamed out of that, you know, but I was surrounded by people who fought all the time from my mother to my uncles, all my grandmother shooting up the block. Like it was, it was so that I went the other way. I just cowered. I just got into myself. I was really quiet and shy. I didn't learn how to fight until later. And, you know, and then I never stopped. (laughs) Now, did you say your grandmother shooting up the block? Is that what, is that what you said? Yeah, some drug oh, okay. dealers in our neighborhood uh, threatened her and her. they went on her property and they threatened her and they told her that she better do something. All I, all she heard, I don't know what they said after that, because all I know is that once she heard the word better, she went and put some some bullets in the chamber and she went downstairs and she started shooting and they called the cops on her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Mm-hmm. They did. For, for both of you, the most challenging uh, point of doing that you've done special, you've done, you know, I, I saw they ready, you know, Ida, Joyelle, I know this was your first um, comedy special, uh, Love Joy. They ready, you were part of an on, ensemble or different, you know, multiple comedians, including mm-hmm. Flame Monroe uh, and Shanti. Um, Wayans. 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 Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And others. Um, what, what was the most challenging point for either one of you? Joyelle first, most challenging about doing this comedy special. I think it was interesting because for me, I'm Peacock's first special, Jimmy Fallon's first special, my first special, the director, Marcus Russell Price's first special. So when everyone's doing their first thing, we're not necessarily sure what's going on. And there are a lot of things that you kind of take for granted where you thought be like, oh, you should know that. But down the line, people don't necessarily know what's going on. So sometimes things will get lost in translation and I just had to center myself to be like, all right, every, the universe is going to take care of the details. Don't mm-hmm. get frustrated and just know that that's how this industry is. Like everybody's just kind of experimenting and finding their way. So it actually made me feel better because, you know, when we think we don't know what we're doing, that's fine. Still go for it. Even if you don't yeah. think you know what you're doing, because people are still going to put something together. And when I was asking people for advice, um, I called I on the phone and she gave me her advice about doing a special. And one of the biggest takeaways was, girl, wear comfortable shoes. And I wore, I chose the more comfortable shoes because that's something you wouldn't think about mm. going into a special. Well, you want to look cute in some heels. And well, Ida had on some heels. So was that advice you gave after the fact? Because it looked like you had on some yeah. heels. They were gold well, with the, 
So your feet were, because I was like, you were looking for the stool a couple of times. You're like, can I sit down? But no, I can't sit down. Well, was- you know, I, I uh, twisted my ankle in rehearsal. <gasps> and so I sprained my ankle, which I'm still rehabbing. So mm. that's why I was looking for the stool because I, I hurt myself and I had to endure for the sake of continuity. Cause I went on stage the first show, I had to keep the shoes on. Oh. Um, so that's why when, cause you don't hear, you don't think about those kinds of things. So that's why I was like to protect your energy, be careful who's around you right before take a moment. I had my whole family around me the whole time. Like it was important and I wanted Joyelle to win. And I was like, look, let me tell you about this little stuff nobody is going to tell you. But yeah. Yeah. And another friend of ours, a comedian named Ramon Rivas, he had attended her tapings and he told me, he was like, make sure you have a little bit more of a block in between the time so you could settle yourself and not be rushing around because you want to be able to have that moment's peace before you record the second show. Now, now, I know a lot of people on the outside don't realize um, that, you know, when, when when you're taping a special, you're doing like multiple sets or multiple shows for both mm-hmm. of y'all. Was there was there a bit that might have hit one show that hit differently or the, at the next show? And, and how, <laughs> how do they how do you navigate that? Like, do you get in your head when that happens? I mean, okay. I, I, I just first of all, I'm, I'm going to I just want to answer Karen's question, because I think that. I have to say the hardest thing about doing my special was trying to be funny during a time of the elections, mm. coronavirus, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, yes. so on and so on. To have to uh, internalize all that stuff and then go on stage where you're not going to be able to talk to the audience after the show because of a pandemic. People got on masks. They sit in, um, you know, between what two seats in between you're doing shows on zoom that that's the worst comedy show (laughs) it was um it was a lot of trauma we have collective trauma from this as people of color black people in this country we have the trauma of watching the execution of our people having these uprisings feeling guilty i'm like i don't need to be at no comedy show i should be out there fighting with my people like it was so much stuff and then you get on stage and you like it would be funny and it was it, it was I would get off stage when Nick passed away yes our fellow comedian who used to open for me had just opened for me the week before I had to get on stage after just finding out about his death I collapsed before I went on stage I did my set I got off stage I collapsed again Went on stage, did my second set, collapsed again, and then went back to my hotel room and cried for the rest of the night. Hmm. And, you know, it, it's just, that was, just, that's just part of the job. And it was really, really hard uh, to do these pandemic specials. Um, and, and still, you know, we showed up because we want to make other people happy, even when all of this stuff is going on, because that's what brings, makes us feel full. And you're talking about Nick Carthen, uh, Nick Carthen, yes. who died suddenly. Uh, in August, uh, I think he was 41, uh, 866-801-8255. Uh, Lamont, uh, so Joya, which of your jokes landed in one set and didn't land in the other? Um, so I, the first set is like, my mother was there, people who know me from childhood. And they told, like, they told me they were going to be in the dark in the back 
They were not in the dark in the back. I saw them. The room was too brightly lit. So I wasn't as comfortable the first set. And, Mm. you know, part of the advice is also you're going to get the words out the first set. So I just feel like the second set, I was way more comfortable in general. So all the jokes hit better on the second set. The energy was better. I got a standing ovation. And the first set was just me, you know, getting the words out. So if we need to edit a stutter, we can go back to it. But I preferred the second set energy much better. Is that what we are seeing? Did they take all of the second set in the Peacock special? I actually can't really tell uh, Mm. because of continuity what what she was talking about. One of the things was I I had to make sure to keep holding my mic in the same hand. And that's what my director told me that he had heard from Roy Wood Jr. told him that. He was like, make sure that I was his first special. He's like, make sure she holds that mic for continuity. And I had to keep thinking about that. So we're thinking about all this other stuff while we're doing our jokes. And I kept almost switching hands and be like, uh-oh, I got to hold this mic for continuity. So I'm, I I can't tell until the end where they... Well, that means mm-hmm. it's perfect. That's, you know, <laughs> you can't tell. I can't tell. That's some Shit. good editing. Yeah. That is. Good editing. So which yeah. joke... Go ahead, Joe. Ida. So I was just going to say for me, I, I had the same experience with the first set um, was getting the words out. The second set was a, a lot more... I was a lot more in my body. I was a very involved in the editing process of my special, and I decided to keep the jokes in uh, the first set where, where some things were uncomfortable and they didn't get the big laughs, which some people have been commenting on Twitter, and they got bigger laughs in the second show. But I just felt like to inform my message about how phony woke people are and how, like, I, I had to keep that in there. That's why I made commentary about it because I was like, this is what I'm talking about. And that's why comedians don't like y'all, why we tired of y'all, because y'all being phony, because you'll go home and say all kinds of stuff and be inappropriate. All these cancel people, the, the people who want to cancel people who be coming for people, I guarantee you, if you look into their lives, they are cancellation worthy themselves because all of us are imperfect. So Mm -hmm. I kept some of those uncomfortable moments. And I remember the editor was like, you sure you killed in the second set? I was like, no, leave it in there because that's when I had the opportunity to say, you know, this this girl is in a wheelchair who was a bully because karma got her and y'all don't want to laugh at her because y'all phony and that's why I don't like woke people. So I, I, I just chose to keep some of those awkward moments in there because I just feel like it feeds my message and what I'm trying to say about how this all this performative wokeness that never ever ever results in actionable items that actually mm. help our communities. Mm. And that's what I wanted to say. Like that was very important to me in that moment. Is there anybody that should be canceled in your in any of your opinions, right? Uh is there you know, is there somebody cuz you know, Dave Dave Chappelle sold out afterwards. He said he had record record attendance. So clearly he's not canceled. You know, he made 1.5 million at the at the door of the last comedy show he did. He's not canceled. Who should be canceled? Bill Cosby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, well, he didn't hesitate. Okay. Yeah. Bill Cosby should never come back. So when he goes, because he's going to go on tour, mm. we all know he's going to plan. Can't wait to see who opens for him. I cannot mm. wait to see okay. which of our colleagues opens for him. All right. Yeah, my- I mean, I'm sure he won't have a problem getting an opener. Not at all. Uh, yes, yeah, Michelle could probably open. She did it for Trump. All right, uh, Lamont. Yeah, so, right, so, so I'm clear. I need, I need clarity. What exactly is canceled? Like, I can't perform. I shouldn't eat. 
I shouldn't yeah. be paid to be nowhere. Yeah, so I'm watching is- um I'm watching um morning show on Apple. Okay. Right? And uh this character named Mitch played by Steve Carell was canceled. Uh but he you know, he's canceled on this beautiful island in Italy where COVID <laughs> is hitting. So it's beautiful, but he can't come back. Like and okay. he knows he can't come back. So he confronted this Without giving away, because y'all accuse me of giving away too much, but y'all should watch the things that I tell you to watch. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that y'all listened <laughs> several weeks ago. Right. Um, he's canceled, but it's fiction. I right, think Charlie right, right. Rose is canceled. I don't think he can come back. I don't think Matt Lauer is coming back. Um, I think he's permanently canceled. I don't know. You know, I think, you know, Ida, who do you think should be canceled? Yeah, because I can't think of them. Man. But the thing is that, like, the thing is we cancel people, but they don't go to jail for committing mm-hmm. crimes. Right. They just get kicked off a network. Like, you know, you want to, like, it, I don't want to even bring up R. Kelly because we start talking about R. Kelly and that's a very, there's a very topic. Bill Cosby is like, the, those are very, because they've been, uh, you know, abusing women and specifically R. Kelly with young Black girls. But the thing is that, you know, we focus so much on cancellation and you got these people not getting gigs. You're talking about already rich people. If they're criminals and they've been committing crimes against people, they should be taking legal action. Because right. I think like cancellation is like the scapegoat. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you go away for a little bit. I know a lot of people who've been canceled. They're making more money now. Yeah, right. That's what than, I was trying to figure out. You know, like, than they were because they have an audience of people who think that, that be- those behaviors are acceptable. Do yeah. I think some people should be canceled? Absolutely. But not somebody because you you don't like their point of view or right. even the, the, like, I know I'll get backlash for it. When you hear Kevin Hart or Tracy Morgan having homophobic homophobic views when they talk about their children, that's an opportunity for us to have a conversation about homophobia in our communities because those people didn't just wake up like that. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that happens. And I grew up in a homophobic community. My uncle was killed by homophobes. So I just think it's important for us to use those opportunities to lean into these conversations. Because I think it's interesting that white, Black people in America were colonized by white religious people who told them that homosexuality was an abomination. So that that is what happened during colonization through religion. And now Black people are being condemned by white people for being homophobic. And yeah, so, it's, it's, it's even deeper than that because those same, say, those same was, people who were condemning yeah. it were doing it. Doing I mean, we're doing Catholic it, Church, yeah. right now, the kind biggest up, perpetrators, they just wanted to have all the fun. They didn't yeah. want anybody else in on it. So that was yeah. it. They wanted to you know, keep all of that power uh, for themselves and all that debauchery uh, for themselves if that's, what that, if that's what that is. But my point, my, my question, and let's sit in that for a minute. Ida Rodriguez is here. Joelle Nicole Johnson's here. Lamont King is here. Uh, our community... And homophobia is not even the word because nobody's afraid of gay people. Nobody is afraid. That's right. What it is, is we don't want to be judged based on the Monteros of the world. So if you're a black man, you see Montero, you're like the world sees all black men the same because we know that, right? They can't make the distinction. So they lock their door. They're clutching their pocketbook in the elevator, whether it's a black man in a business suit or it's a black man with a do-rag. They can't make the distinction. So when Montero's out there, Lil Nas X, he represents all black men. So black men's like, that doesn't represent me. Hell no. So Lil Boosie has to come out and tell everybody, that's some bull crap. That's not who we are. Can't stand him. But it's really because of how we don't get to be our full, complete selves in all of these spaces that, you know, that person becomes the model for what we have to get rid of 
so that you don't see us as that. I think that that's more of it. No, absolutely. But I, I think that when we, you know, we have these conversations about where it comes from and I think it's a, a broad, it's a very big opportunity because when we talk about people are, are every day now I hear, oh, you can't say nothing about the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community. And it's, it's, I see people of color saying that brown people, there are black and brown people that belong to the LGBTQ plus community. They belong to us as well. And they are actually receiving discrimination for being black and dealing with the issues of being disenfranchised for being gay. And we, we kind of stop having this conversation about the LGBT community as if it's only white people because black people and brown people in that community suffer the discrimination from the white people in the LGBTQ community. And I just think that it's important that we don't erase their blackness because they don't stop being black because they're gay or yeah. queer, you know? And I just think we, we just keep doing that over and over again. We don't have nuanced conversations anymore. We're devolving into the upside down. And it's just unfortunate <laughs> because I, I I grew up with a man in the house telling me that homosexuality was wrong and saying all kinds of horrible things about queer people. And I think that making a joke about that is an opportunity to have a conversation about mm -hmm. it that we will never have unless we, uh, if we keep just shying away from this thing, that's a reality. Yeah. Well, yeah. little boozy badass uh, is now saying that he is doing exactly that. Ida Rodriguez, Lamont King, mm -hmm. and Nicole Johnson. Causing conversation? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He said he went to, on Tuesday on Instagram, he said, I was making, uh, I was out making groceries. Eight different people came up to me and told me, man, you the voice I ain't got, bruh. Eight different people told me, man, don't let nobody silence you, bruh. You all, we got, bruh. Eight different people told me that in three hours. Like, man, that <laughs> is just crazy. He said he is making a difference. He's making a difference. And he said about four women and four dudes, dog, said the exact same thing. I'm making a difference. I speak for people who ain't got a platform. So Lil Boosie feels like he's doing yeah. uh, so, public uh, and, and this, you know, uh, to, to your original point about who should be canceled and then and then into this point, um, I feel like for some manner of things, marginalized people um, should be able to draw humor to marginalized experiences. So if you're in the population that's not has has no history of marginalization, then you then know you you're not a, not allowed to to make fun of marginalized. If that makes sense. But if I'm in that population and come from that experience, my lateral uh make funness should be able to fly. I should is be able to Is it lateral though? But is it, are they funny though? That and that's See, another thing. Funny, like, is it a joke or were you just saying something homophobic? No, no, no. Not, not mm -hmm. even. I don't. Again, I don't believe in that term. So what I'm speaking on is 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 specifically if it's if it's uh, in the realm of I am poking fun at this, this thing, this experience, an experience that that, that I have had as, as being someone that society considers lesser than, and you as well. And so in, in that regard, but if you're, it, I don't like when I see like, you know, um, comedians who, who, who aren't from that experience, then what do they call it? Punching down, then making fun of a, a, a marginalization experience that they're not familiar to, because then it's exploitation. 
and then it's appropriation. So I believe, I think the one of the funniest, realest things that I, that I heard, uh, I, I it was I was in the room and the comedian was uh was going, but this is years ago, going back and forth with uh you know somebody that was heckling, but they they were homosexual, obviously. And uh, he was like, man, he was like, lighten up. If you take a dick, you can take a joke. And it was to to me in that moment that was funny. And the person laughed and he got it. He was like, okay, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. This over 10 years ago, you couldn't even do that now. You couldn't even play around with that now. You should because I can't you. That's a stock joke. That's a stock joke. And it's been around forever. It has, it has. And and you could tell, but I feel like- Because they say that to women too. Yeah. Yes, yes. People still still say that. But it's just, I feel like, you know, from the the marginal aspect, if, if, you know, humor can be subjective. People say that it's not, but it is. It definitely is. Because if I can't relate to it, I'm, I, I can't buy in. Yeah, Who says humor is not subjective? Though? A lot of people yeah. say if it's funny, it's funny. Nah, if it's funny, it's nah. funny. And that's not well, the we case. we know, though. I mean, but, but times, when times change, you know, we we used to be able to call Asian people Oriental, right? Oriental was what we, and, and I was on the radio with an older gentleman who was, I was like, you can't say that anymore. And he was confused, you know? Like, I think a lot of people, uh, I forgot who said it, give us time to catch up to what's changing people are you know struggling with the changes that are happening because it seems rapid fire you know yeah i just sometimes i just want them to know. put the memo out put the memo yeah out. yeah my father because i was old. the oriental guy i used to be that yeah because i'm like if it's you, from you, the you, orient you still are Archie bunker uh, no 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 <laughs> I've, completely, I've completely updated my way of thinking but send a memo like right. okay for example i'll give you another what one if- go ahead no, I'm just saying, what if you do get many, many, many memos and you choose to ignore them? That's no, I need a, a national memo. I need a national That's, memo. So, but I some need, people are getting many, many national memos and they choose to ignore no, them. No, I need like a software update, like on the uh, phone. Right. You know, well, yeah. new a hardwire. You need a hard. Yeah. My, my father look, used to make jokes about people with, he called with tism, you know, and we, you know, we had a, a cousin that had, and I mean, the jokes were funny in the house and they probably yeah, would have been house, funny right. in the club too. But I'm like, he, he, you definitely can't do that now. You right. can't. You cannot make fun of people on the spectrum. And then you got to even say on the spectrum. Like, so but to, to, to the change. to the Bootsy piece, I had a friend. This is a true story in real time. Two days ago, called me and was like, "Yo, this joint on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated is bad." And I had to be like, "I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. You got to do your googles. Do your googles." That person on the cover was was uh, assigned male at birth, and so you know, and they were. They were upset because to them, they like, damn, I don't even get a choice in the matter. Like, I don't even, they, they felt like, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, this is people on the All ground, right. this ground level. So Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, so, the swimsuit issue? Yeah, this yes. is first time. Okay. First time. Yeah. Has, has a trans woman yes. on. Yes. Okay. And he was upset because he was attracted to her? Well, yeah. he was upset because he thought it was a woman. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah that's... That's where sure. the phobia comes in for it's, me. It's Nina not necessary, but these are Nina these Bloom. are real positions, though. You can't just write them off and just be like, "Well, that person had has a phobia." He thought well, he what was. If, looking... What if it was a mixed person on there, and they were like, they thought that person was white, black, yeah, or black. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, it's uh, a, it's a yeah, white people feel that way. Yeah, I'm not listen, attracted listen. to Queen Haley. Yeah, I'm not different. trying. To, I'm not trying to make the the situations yeah. equi- equivalent, but right. they, they don't even have to be black. What if it's a person is half Asian and half white, and they look all white, and they find out the person is half Asian, and they're like, "Ooh, I just I thought don't it like was Asian a white people." Girl. Yeah, I that's got all, tricked. That's all well, that's all well and yeah. great, but what I'm I'm just speaking for. This is a, an experience where this is this is the type of 
people to have these responses and these reactions and you can't just automatically go and write it off be like oh they have a phobia i was looking at the picture i thought it was a girl or, or a, a person that was born a girl and it wasn't this okay. is this is the and mindset and everything's least. fine yeah. right. well, what do i do with the heart on you. i think that's yeah. 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 we gotta be honest <laughs> and doing. you'll be fine right. but that's not i'm gonna tell you my, my my example for the day is this i do not like country music I don't like it. I don't listen to it. It's a couple of songs, maybe. I ain't never went to Garth Brooks' page and said, this shit is trash, ever. You know yeah. why? Because I don't listen to it and it well, doesn't do bother that all me. Day. But I don't understand what is the fascination. The fascination with this is more is beyond you don't like that. It, it has yes. to be more that you are you feel weird about being attracted to it. Yes, that could I don't fear. care. Trans mm. men don't bother me at all. Like, at all. I don't care. Like, I've I'm seen like, some hot ones. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.